0: Hello, everybody! Uh, So, this is episode four of my Chatting With series. I'm really having fun talking to all my friends and sharing what knowledge they have about various things. If you like this series, especially this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, and share if you can. I'd appreciate it greatly. Well, today I am joined by one of my favorite people ever, uh, Ted Gagan. Hello. He is an incredible filmmaker who I'm lucky to call a friend, and uh, I'm just—I'm so happy to see you.
1: I'm <laughs> happy to see you too.
0: Yeah, it's been—it's uh, been an interesting couple months.
1: Has it feels like a week, and it also feels like ten years.
0: Yeah, some somewhere between that. There's yep. no—it's—it's—it's it's, it's definitely there. And I thought I'd make this conversation feel more natural for us, so I'm, I chose a classy pub, and. uh Cheers to uh, you.
1: Yes, clink. Clink. Cheers, cheers to a, a virtual hangout with the hopes of actual hangouts in the not-too-distant future.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I actually um, shout out to our mutual friend, Joe Zazzo. I uh, contributed to his quarantine cookbook. And oh, nice. I uh, shared my recipe for the chili that I was preparing on my birthday, which you were part of.
1: Because yeah.
0: you basically helped keep my chili alive with this surprise birthday party that you helped throw and that, uh, that was cool. <laughs> that recipe's in there, so yeah,
1: awesome.
0: but um yeah, so a big part of this this uh, show's theme is just like kind of zoning in on like what makes each of my guests like who they are and one of those things is, you know what is your North star? what is the thing that is, you know, guides you through the different work that you do and the person that you are. Because I think you're a very realized person in both on and off screen endeavors.
1: Um, I mean, in, in terms of like what my North Star is, I mean, it's just keeping people happy, keeping people entertained, you know, like it's, I, I, you know, after working in this industry for almost 20 years, you know, like my first produced screenplay was, was in 2001, Mm-hmm. And I've never been able to be a creative professionally without having to do something else. And now at 40, like I I feel as though the chances of that happening are are slim. And I don't say that in a disparaging way, but rather in a, a realistic way that I think so many creatives out there are all just so hopeful that they're gonna have the big one and they're gonna be able to do this forever it's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have the big one, I hope I do, but at the same time, like, I don't need to have the big one to do this forever, like, yeah. I'm, I'm always going, I'm always going to have to entertain people, or make people happy in some way, if it's not film, it's like, I mean, through this quarantine, you know, like, I'm completely incapable of, of making anything in my house outside of a little radio show, and, and the trivia that I'm hosting, like, stuff like that, you know, I'm I don't have a team around me to facilitate actually shooting a movie in my apartment. I'm not a one man team. Um, so yeah, during all this, you know, I'm just trying to keep people smiling. And once this is over, I'll just keep trying to make people smile.
0: Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a, that's a great consistent core because if you're looking for some sort of ultimate external validation. It's not really, your heart's not going to be in the place that you're ever going to be happy, right? Because it's always going to be something, some next goal. But you're right. I have, speaking of, I have been loving the challenge of your weekly um, pivot doing this final exam online. So Ted started this uh, final exam trivia in conjunction with different sponsors, and you have Michael Gingold, you came up with different questions, you brought people together once a month for the past few months uh, to Rock Bar, and it was a great fun time and a challenge. And then when this everything started changing, you pivoted it into this final exam digital damnation. And now every Friday, people have the opportunity to have their asses whooped by your immense horror intellect. <laughs> You want to talk about how you were able to put that together
1: yeah um so yeah uh, mike gingold and i started final exam um last september um so we had done seven editions of it in in rock bar uh rock bar is a great little uh bear bar down in the uh west village and um the owner of it uh, Jason is a is a big horror fan he al- he also like myself has a jason tattoo so um and he had been really eager to kind of put something together that would bring like the horror and the LGBTQ community together and i was like well you know i've always wanted to do like a trivia event i've always thought that would be fun la has had uh, dead rights trivia for years and years and years that so many Luminaries out there have either been a part of, either hosting or or playing, and I was like, I, I think New York deserves something like that. We've got enough, we've got enough obsessives out here to do something like that, and so we we did it for seven months and we created a really cool little community. But yeah, once once this whole uh, COVID mess hit, you know, and initially there was no plans on doing an online version of it, and I I found a an online um trivia company called CrowdPur. um uh-huh. and they, they were really amazing um they just they just had they had the exact setup i was looking for to create this trivia um and it it took me a little while to get used to it and figure out exactly how it all worked um using their platform like subscribing to it and everything but once i got the hang of it um you know it, it all came together pretty easily and mike like myself was really eager to just do something during all of this Yeah, and we said what the hell let's just let's try this out and see if people show up so we we made a first edition of it I guess god it's been a month which is crazy we made a first edition of it a month ago and the response to it was was pretty positive it was positive enough that we felt like we should keep doing it yeah. um we we had a lot of people who were just like wow this is something I really needed right now like good way to get out of my head yeah we we're like oh, okay cool like that's that's exactly what we were looking for was just get people a chance to chill out yeah and um then uh we partnered up with shutter and we did a we did an edition uh with shutter um we did it on a thursday because uh we they didn't want to compete with uh joe bob's drive-in um on fridays Yeah, so we did we did this we did a special thursday edition with shutter and then uh, we're still doing our Friday editions. So every Friday during quarantine, we're doing it. Um, if you follow Final Exam Trivia on Twitter, I'll put a link. Um, you put a link. Boom. Put a link. Um. It'll make <laughs> nice.
0: sense. It'll make sense to you later why I'm doing
1: that. Not right here. Watch. I'm gonna put it Correct. in the description. Oh, here. <laughs> make the link here and then up here. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. So
1: you're gonna have a lot of fun putting that in. Um, so follow, uh, final exam trivia on on Twitter. And, um, we share the login every Friday, about two hours before the event starts. The event is, um, 7. PM Pacific, 10 PM, uh, Eastern. And then, uh, for everybody who wants to play, um, overseas, we, we do an encore of it every Saturday in the afternoon in the U S which is nighttime in Europe. Yeah. So, uh, and, and anybody, anybody, anywhere in the world can play any edition at any time, yeah. um, or when, whenever we're hosting. But yeah,
0: uh, it's great because it's not like I, I've noticed that you've been like reiterating this fact. But it's not like you—you're not seen, and there's no video or anything intricate. It's really easy to just do almost yeah. like you're playing like a little game. And uh, I know that I—I I have experienced some of this, like um like the Instagram live anxiety, like where every time I go on Instagram, someone's like, live, and then you accidentally go in the room and then even though you are not the one being filmed, you feel like you're, people know you're seeing them and they are panicking. Yeah. So this, this is a, ni- it's a nice, it's nice for us um, social anxiety nerds to just like zoom through. And I know that Clay and I, in order to save our internet, we share, we're one team. Sometimes it's like, Great when I make a guess, but yep. sometimes he wants to just do this yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but last night we were really enjoying that um or whenever this airs this previous final trivia we enjoyed yep. the uh, intricate answers for pet cemetery on that one question cat
1: yep, was, <laughs> so was
0: it cat graveyard cat graveyard?
1: graveyard yes
0: graveyard. <laughs> Yeah, yep. we're like staring at. We're like, that's an A, right? Okay, good. That's the answer. Yep. But yep. It's, was, uh... it's it's fun. It's fun. It's it's great that you do that. And and honestly, like mm-hmm. I obviously w- I have the competitive nature, like many people, and want to win. But I think it's almost an educational thing, and it brings me back to something that you and I have discussed in the past: the idea of like um, failures and mistakes as our best teachers, mm-hmm. and like how I told you that sometimes I purposely watch like bad movies like so that I can study and I feel like final exam even if I get something really wrong I like learn from it cuz you show me the answer right away and I'm like well now I know and I'll remember because I I got that wrong and it cost me victory
1: <laughs> yeah and you know we we have a lot of people who play who say like oh I haven't seen so many of these movies and these are movies that I grew up on these are movies that are like in my blood and yeah. it blows my mind That people haven't seen some of these movies Um, because I just I I know them like the back of my hand yeah but the other the other part of Final Exam is like cool you you haven't seen that movie you didn't know that answer like now you got a totally awesome movie to watch
0: yeah and and I think that that's something really fun about the way you approach these things because like your podcast it's such it's been such a delight to listen to first of all this guy has a great voice, like, you should, you should, like, get yourself on that, that radio, like, you know, you've got a a wonderful look, so I'm not going to save a face for radio, but, like, your podcast (laughs) voice, it, my bunny rabbit, Gia, like, she, like, calms down when she hears your voice, it's, like, unbelievable, you and Joe, Bob, it's, like, instantaneous,
1: she just, Yeah.
0: yeah, and when we were listening I, th- I told you my favorite episode that you've done is the Dracula episode, but I yeah. I did not know that story about the lion. That's so I mean, it's so cool. Like so, his podcast is called "This is not a This is not a story about," and basically you explore unknown stories that are adjacent to things we may think we already know. How did yeah. you come up with the conceit of this?
1: Um, I. I obsess over forgotten Hollywood stories. Like, I, I adore them. I, anytime, it, it, you know, this this ties right back to what I was just saying about Final Exam. And when I go, oh, my God, you haven't seen that movie? That's so crazy. Like, I, I know that movie like the back of my hand. Nothing brings me more joy than when I'm on the receiving end of that. I, I love it. Like, because I'm a cinephile. I'm a trivia obsessive. I'm a history obsessive. But... I love it. Like, I absolutely love it when I'm hanging out with a friend and they're like, what, you've never heard of so-and-so? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, no, like, tell me everything. Like, how do I not know about this person? And every time I hear one of those stories, I then go, like, deep dive. I want to know everything about this person or this place or this movie or whatever that yeah. I didn't previously know about. And um, so the idea, like, the impetus behind the, the radio show is that there are so many cool forgotten stories out there that people haven't heard of that I haven't heard of. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but it's hard to get people excited about a story that they've never heard of. Um, yep. not, not everybody's as easily excitable as I am. Um, <laughs> but people, people are a little more keen uh, to listen to something that they might feel a little more comfortable around. Yeah. And so I, I want to be able to tell people like, the the story of Alexander Fusheng, who yeah. was uh, this huge martial arts icon in Hong Kong in the 70s. Um, and, and I knew very little about him two months ago. And yeah. my friend Grady Hendricks, who is a huge martial arts Asian cinema expert, he told me all about Alexander Fusheng. And I was like, how have I never heard this story? This is so amazing. I want to tell people this story, but I'm worried that if I go... I want to tell you a story about Alexander Fusheng. They're going to go, ah, well, you know, so the, the idea behind it is, you know, that episode is called, this is not a story about Bruce Lee yeah. um, because Alexander Fusheng and Bruce Lee both had lives that were tragically cut short. They were both martial arts icons. They have so many amazing slash sad similarities. Yeah. And so many people know about Bruce Lee. They've heard of him you know, he's someone that they're like, oh, well, well, what do you have to tell me about Bruce Lee? And it's, I have a little something to tell you about Bruce Lee, but yeah. at some point I'm, I'm going to pivot and tell you about something else yeah. that m- my hope is always that, you know, nobody has to listen to every episode, but if you read what the title of the episode is and you're interested in that, you're yeah. likely going to be interested in whatever I pivot to.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, I mean every episode like I I wish I could talk in depth about each one but I don't want to spoil it but like it's it's really great because you're right like I don't even know what what you went through to research some of these episodes but like that the Dracula episode is my my all-time favorite just maybe because I'm biased because I happen to also fall in love on a film set Um, but like the idea of just how there are so many unsung stories or stories that like are more powerful than their promotion. Mm -hmm. Like, like they are, they just exist in this like vacuum of like pure, pure amazing. And I think it's so beautiful that you are like lifting them up and like just trying to connect it because what you're doing, whether or not you realize it is you're creating conversations because now people that listen to this kind of podcast they're going to be able to be their own version of Ted Gagan, and they're going to be like, hey, did you know that the lion, like, da 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 da, da? and then they're suddenly going to get laid because of you. Yep, perfect. Okay. Boom. I, I was going to sound really classy, like anybody, they were expecting, no, but reality, no, you're creating uh, modes for interaction, and I think, you know, when you, when you think about why we're here and then why storytellers are so passionate about what we do, all we're doing is making sure that when we're gone, someone passes on what we did when we were here. So you are being this like torchbearer for these stories that for people who didn't even know that you knew because you cared. And that is like signature TED.
1: That's, yes, this all goes right back to me just wanting to make people smile. I want people to, yeah, so, and, you know, it's, I'm, I think, I'm really proud of the the episode I did this week, I guess by the time this airs, it will have been, it's episode four, the, this is not a story about MGM, um. I I really love the story, and it's a story that I've always loved, and it's a story that I won't give anything away about what it's actually about, but um, it's the sort of story that, like, it's so epic and so amazing, and I'm not saying my story is epic. I'm saying the story is so epic and amazing that I cannot believe that it's never been turned into a movie. Like, it it feels like the type of movie that would be, like, some Best Picture nominee, true story... And it's like, how have people never told this, like, classic Hollywood story that has, like, epic adventure and all this, like, crazy stuff? And the lead character is so unexpected. You know, like, I think there's something so endearing about that. But also, that story, the reason I'm so proud of it is that story is so forgotten that that the other episodes of the show, like, cool, I I talked to you about Alexander Fusheng. You can Google him and read all the things i tell you about like that information is out there the the mgm episode it is almost impossible to find any of that information anywhere um and so i'm really proud of the fact that if you want to actually hear that story um this is the only place to hear the whole story as far as i can tell and it's ever been put together ever that's insane. Um, there's never there's never been the tell-all book. There's never been even the big article. You can, if you Google 1927 MGM Lion, you will find articles at like the Hollywood Reporter that are like, you wouldn't believe what happened back in 1927. And it has little bits and pieces of the story, which helped kind of create the skeleton of the the radio show. Yeah. But I spent nearly a month just digging through old newspapers, like newspapers from like the the late twenties about what had happened back then about how everyone, but then the story goes on for several decades. And so it's even harder because those newspapers were from the twenties. So it's like then trying to find information in the thirties and forties about this, nobody was talking about it. So it was, it was really fun. It kind of, it satisfied my desire to like, do a little research, but more yeah. than that, it's like it's so cool just to be able to like now people can hear this story.
0: Yeah. And and you you uh you do love to do a lot of research and then get to the core of like the truth in your stories like that you've made. Like two films that you've made recently that have been just done phenomenally with different festivals and, and critics is um We Are Still Here and Mohawk and Mohawk in particular, you researched so much and you made sure things were like super accurate and we're still here. I think it's cool because, you know, you have such a love for the film, The House by the Cemetery, and you've even been coined, I think right before we met, I was impressed by the term Neo Fulci as a way to describe your work. Um, like what, you know, though those stories are, are so immense and whether or not you realize that they're great, you know, different allegories that are timeless but you've made them so specific to the times that does that make sense I don't know.
1: yeah absolutely no it um uh you know the the idea behind both those films i, I say that they're the first two chapters in a a wildly unconnected trilogy mm-hmm. um that's all about the sins of the fathers and yeah. um w- we are still here is about you know a a town dealing with Something horrible that they had done a century before, and how it still haunts them.
0: Yeah.
1: And Mohawk is about the people, no, not not the people in in We Are Still Here, but rather it, it's it's about our forefathers and it's yeah. about the horrible things that they did that we're still guilty. Yeah. Of. yeah. Like we are still, you know, we are still absolutely carrying the weight of the horrible things that these that our forefathers did in in the case of Mohawk you know I, I mean I, I'm as white as they get and so for me to make a film called Mohawk was I, I, I understood the gravity of taking on a project with a title like that and telling a story about indigenous people yeah. my, me myself not being indigenous and so not only did I work really closely with with the Mohawk Nation, um, to make sure that everything we were doing was accurate. You know, our, our lead actress, Gunya Dio-Horn, you know, is a Mohawk, um, yeah. and she, she was really wonderful in that she would bring so much of her culture and so much of her knowledge about her people with her, not just to set, but when we were still in pre-production on the film, trying to make sure that we were telling this story accurately. Yeah. But I, I always tell people because I've had Q and A's where people have asked me. They're like, "Well, what what right do you have to tell this story?" And and I the I think the answer is like, I don't believe that I do have the right to tell the story of Indigenous people. I, I am not one. I am I am Indigenous of Ireland. Um, but but I do have a story to tell that is set in Mohawk, and that's of my ancestors. It it's yeah. of it's of the shitty white guys who came over from Ireland and England and all, all parts of Europe and cruelly just subjugated the the people of North America and the weight that that carries on me. And I watched that film and every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, that's that's where I came from. Like, these, these are the people that my entire lineage draws back to over the last 200 years. Yeah. And that is my story to tell. And... It's deeply unfortunate that it happens to cross with the story of, of the Indigenous Americans and what my ancestors did to those people. Yeah. But I think it, I think it is important for us to be able to have those discussions and to be able to work with the people who my ancestors affected and to be able to have those conversations and those discourses and be able to move forward. You know, I mean, if if we don't... We're seeing it every day in the U.S. You know, if if we're not learning from what happened hundreds of years ago, we are doomed to repeat it. So yeah, and on that take every opportunity I have.
0: Yeah, and on that note of like community, because I feel like a lot of how I how I identify you is that you are someone who's very much passionate about community, accountability, um, using storytelling as a way to empower. Um, research, which is indicative of the fact that you're so curious. And I think that that's something lacking in our generation. So thinking about all the things that we just talked about and, and those markers, what would you like me to tell the universe today on your behalf?
1: Be nice. Be nice. It's that easy. Be nice. Be nice. Okay. Just,
0: just be nice. <laughs> please, it's,
1: please. It's, it's, it is the simplest thing to do yeah. and we all fail at it, myself included. And right now, all this whole world needs is that reminder. Just, just be nice.
0: Yeah, have that be, have that be your, your, your guiding light this week. Well, thank you so much, Ted, for being part of the show. And uh, there will be links to all the stuff we talked about. Final exam is tonight. New podcast coming up, listen to all the ones, follow, like, subscribe, boom. Bye guys. Be nice to each other.